Hey everyone, editing Caitlin here, just chiming in quickly to say that we recorded this a couple weeks ago and some of the sign-up information has changed, especially around the raffle. So if uh, signing up for ClusterCon and getting involved uh, in the raffle and all that sort of thing is something that you're interested in, please refer to the ClusterCon Twitter account for the most up-to-date and accurate information and that Twitter account will be linked in our show notes. Thank you and enjoy! Welcome to The Problem, a Lockwood & Co. podcast. I'm Caitlin. I'm Alan, and this episode we're going to be talking to some of the people from the Save Lockwood campaign who have put together a little online convention called ClusterCon. Janice and Zoe, hello. Say something about yourselves. Hmm. Silence. (laughs) I think we were both too shy and too polite (laughs) to speak over each other. All right. Um, Janice. (laughs) Janice first. (laughs) Tell us something about yourself. How did you get in to the Lockwood & Co. fandom, what's your favorite book, etc. So it was kind of an accident because it was just on my recommended shows on Netflix and it seemed Mm -hmm. right up my alley, right? I was like, ooh, swords in a modern setting with ghosts? Yes, let's watch this. And then by the end, I was like, okay, well, that was an experience. (laughs) Um, So immediately I wanted to read the books like right afterwards. So I think I inhaled them all within a week. So like the show books at least a week or two. And I think in terms of favorite books, I think The Creeping Shadow, because it had some of my favorite moments and like uh, story developments in it. That's my favorite too. So I understand. I think it's, I think it's kind of seen as like the, the most, from polls that I've seen, I think it's most people's favorite. Informally, from what I've seen, absolutely, The Empty Grave is, um, takes the Holy Grail in terms yeah. of everyone's favorites. I like just informally, like from what I've seen. Yeah. Sorry, Janice, were you done? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm Zoe. Um, lovely to meet you, everyone. Uh, my, I got into the show, I think the way a lot of people did, I was, you know, with family and we were scrolling through Netflix and it was, you know, in the top 10 and saying, you know, recommended for you. Um, and so we clicked on it. We started watching it. I know when I first saw the um, title, you know, the the graphic, the page, what do you, whatever you call it, um, I thought, you know, oh, this is going to be, my sincerest apologies to everyone involved because I no longer think this. But when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is going to be another mediocre adaptation of a mediocre YA novel. Um, and good Lord, I'm, was I wrong? I've never been more wrong about anything in my entire life. Um, and that's saying something. But, um, you know, within the first 30 seconds, I was hooked. You know, that first opening banter scene with Lockwood and Lucy, where it's going back and forth. I'm a huge fan of banter. And then, uh, you know, as I got into it, I came to learn it was massively different than any other YA project I've ever seen. Um, because I know, for instance, I know in episode zero, you you lot were talking about um, how, you know, it is kind of a, a crowded genre, the um, the the ghost, the supernatural teen detective genre is kind of a crowded genre, but this one is absolutely a step above the rest um, because it tackles so many other fascinating issues in a fascinating way um, that sort of in the books they're hinted at, but in the mo- in the show they are fully on displays. All of these sort of 
because it's not just you know the classic um you know there's a supernatural world that the majority of the population is not aware of and then these special people have to fight it it's actually a whole alternative universe um where you know and how we as a people adapted to this new world order essentially so you know it's very complex in that way and i was just completely amazed by the way like i think you a lot have talked about it too just the way that you know the interaction of of children versus adults the sort of child labor element of all of it is really fascinating so like jay i immediately found all the books and uh became very just binge read the whole thing but read it in a matter of like two weeks um and was completely obsessed with it so uh yeah that's how i got into it (laughs) interesting i i don't know why but i had assumed at least one of you would have read the books first but everyone came to it through netflix fascinatingly most of the people we talked to on a daily basis actually did see the show first which i know the book had a very wide readership before but it just wasn't i don't know if it wasn't quite as loud or if it's just been quite as into the show i would say because there is like another portion of, of like i guess lock nation fandom that is mostly primarily centered around the books and they're a bit less keen on the show i think because they're worried they're going to get burned they kind of expected it to be canceled fairly yeah. early on before we had any news and they're not very invested i think because they've been in the space for so long so like the really exciting part of being part of log nation you know meeting new people inspiring each other to just kind of have discussions create art or you know come up with events like a cluster con that excitement isn't in the book space as prevalent as it used to be maybe yeah i guess mm-hmm. yeah they're very no, that's fine. Um, sorry they're very community I would say, um, and we're a bit more action focused, but we do have one member who, um, well, two members actually of, especially the admin team, um, Lavender, who is a bit of a fandom celebrity. You might know who I'm talking about. Lavender Ghost Co. is her handle on Twitter, and she was read it from the very first day she read the books and was interested in them. And she's been operating her account for ten years, you know, related to Lockwood and Co. So we do have a few members who are there from the very beginning. Um, most of us though, we just, you know, we missed out early on. I don't know what happened. It didn't reach us, but, um, yeah. So like within that really active community that kind of spawned out of the TV show, there came up with this idea that you guys are involved in of ClusterCon. So like, what's the origins of ClusterCon? All right. I guess that's more a question centered to me since, um, so it, this goes back to the beginning of June when they had the National Film Awards and being one of the like few kind of local London fans, we wanted to go and support the the cast and crew there. So we went over and then we ended up having this like amazing experience of meeting them and chatting to them. And there was so much like positivity in that meeting. And me and the, the two other fans who were there kept saying like, wouldn't it be great if everyone else could have like a chance to kind of you know, have this interaction because it seemed like there was a mutual interest in that from both our side and like their side. So when I came back to our planning server, which we've been doing a lot of like, you know, save Lockwood and Co. campaigns, like Zoe and I have been there since like day one. Um, I think Zoe and I were having this conversation, weren't we, along with the other admins that um, we should do like a fan meet. But the fan meet, you know, there was a lot of moving parts involved. I thought that's not as doable you'd have to do like agency fees um not everyone would be able to fly in and then you know you put economics into the question so we wanted something really accessible and kind of like free for 
you know, all the global fans because the community expands just to every single corner you, you could imagine. It's actually really, really, really amazing to see. So that's how the virtual convention idea kind of came about. And um, yeah, it's been quite a journey to get to where we are. But I think it started with that night. We just kind of wanted that experience to be shared with everyone else in the community. Interesting. And who came up with the name? Or what? what's the, the story behind oh, the name? Many. So there's a scene, I think it what was it, in episode four, where George is like, total right. cluster case, right? And I always thought that was so funny. <laughs> and um, it just kind of talks about having way too many visitors in one like, well a virtual convention is kind of like a gathering of visitors so it would be yeah. like a cluster case so that's how ClusterCon kind of came about but it, we were brainstorming in the you know kind of like event planning committee and there were so many ideas i think i still have all of the names possible you names. should absolutely share but some we of had a lot of different names oh okay let me open that up because i think you're gonna get a kick out of a few of these ah here we go here's the original one Ah, uh, yep. I still have a lot of these. So we had the uh, the ghostly gala, which I thought was nice. really cute. Uh, we had LockCon, which was also a popular option, but um, we didn't want to be confused for like the lock in key. I think yeah. fandom. Oh yeah. And then we had uh, the visiting. What was it? The whispering visitors. We had Ghost Strike Con. We had Type Fours, the virtual visitors. Um, but I think ClusterCon was the one that really, really stuck with all of us. And that's kind of the one we all voted, I think, unanimously to go with. Yeah, no, it's good. I like the alliteration, that. too. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Wavelength. Yeah, the alliteration. And I think we also really got a kick out of the idea of, um, you know, us being a cluster of type three ghosts and our panelists had to show up and you know, save the the virtual space from from us evil ghosts. Um, like that's kind of a a gimmick we've we've stuck with. Like if you saw, I don't know if you've seen the, like the, we released the invitation we sent to the panelists, and it was essentially an invitation um, from Deepak to come and uh, investigate this this newfound cluster of ghosts. And we also have that kind of running gimmick as well. With we all um, one of the absolutely magnificent artists that we work with um Corveroz is her name on instagram um she did portraits of us all as type three ghosts um that are really remarkable oh they're so cute i love mine so that's much that's amazing me too by the way she does commissions so anyone else absolutely listening. link that in our show notes if, if you want your very own type three ghost portrait if you've always fancied yourself seeing yourself as a type three ghost this is some an opportunity you need to jump on right away so it strikes me that we didn't at the top of the show ask you what is cluster con if you want to give an explanation oh yeah we should yeah. talk about what it actually is sorry about that um no it'll just know only people in the know yeah. will be able to enjoy this podcast no um it's essentially it's going to be a fan-led virtual convention um so it's going to take sort of the structure of a comic-con type thing um and there's going to be three panels um we have a crew panel that's still sort of um getting put together with oliver curtis who's the director of photography um and we have jonathan stroud of course we have got a book focused panel and we've got the third panel which is complete fiction pictures have their own panel and that's going to be rachel Pryor, the executive producer and uh oliver sorry bradley oh, down yeah the bradley down. um so it's going to be essentially it's going to be conducted through zoom webinar which is um uh, you know essentially 
Oh, we'll have a bunch of attendees and they'll all just be watching um, the interviewers and the panelists talk. Um, so it's going to take on that that spirit of a Comic-Con that way. And then there's going to be a kind of rebroadcasting or posterity version of it that will be on YouTube? Yeah, so we are going to be recording it, first of all, and it, that recording will be available afterwards on the ClusterCon YouTube channel. But we're also going to be live streaming it as it happens. If um, because we do have like a certain capacity for the webinar itself, but even if there's you know overflow, that's not a problem because we'll be live streaming and it will also be recorded. So you know if it's not exactly the most convenient time zone for someone, they can just come in later and uh, have a look. So like if they're on the Zoom thing, then you'd like you charge each one of those people like four hundred, five hundred pounds, six hundred pounds each to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a completely free event. Oh my God, Mr. Fairfax would be so disappointed in all. <laughs> I, of know, I know, I know. Very capitalizing on this. Yeah, that's amazing. That uh, the whole thing is kind of like what you described. You get to hang out with the people, kind of like you did at that event, and then it exists in posterity on YouTube. Also, being able to. Uh, enjoy all of it for free so that's incredibly cool i think you're making it yep. sound so generous I, I think it is that is something we actually went back and forth on a lot because we thought you know obviously having money opens up a lot of avenues for a lot of things but we really wanted it to be like we went back and forth for weeks on the best way to make it as accessible as possible for everyone and obviously the first step of that was making it a free event um you know, in this economy, as we always say. Um, yeah, and the next step of that was trying to, um, you know, we don't we don't by any means want it to be anything remotely exclusive. So if people don't um, end up, you know, inside the webinar, there's still ample opportunity to view the, the panel interviews in other ways. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, so what part, like what guest or what panel or what have you, what are you most excited for? I think having it actually happen <laughs> because it still feels like a very surreal experience for me anyway because i'm the one who's kind of been the main point of contact being the quote-unquote london local right it's still surreal to email these guests or even their like pas or agents and think this isn't gonna happen at some point they're gonna be like oh just kidding but i don't know i think if it actually happens i'll just be really really happy it happened and that it actually you know it's kind of like when you're with your friends planning a group trip and you never know if it's actually going to happen. And then when it happens, you're like, hey, look at us. We actually did the group trip. That's kind of how it feels like for me. Absolutely. Yeah, we um, I would say there's been so much excitement. Obviously, like when we reached out to everyone, our attitude was on the off chance they respond. You know, we're not paying them or anything. Yeah, we're not paying them. <laughs> that usually motivates people. Um, but they were completely, the guests we do have were completely gracious about it and we're very excited about that. And they honestly seem very excited too. I think they're fans of all the work as well. I think, you know, of Jonathan Stroud's books, of the show and so much passion that went into the show. Um, I would say I'm very excited to speak with Rachel Pryor just because she's sort of an icon mm -hmm. in our community. Like... She was, um, the rumor is that she, back very, in the very beginning, back in 2013, when the books were released, she actually tried to secure the rights to Lockwood & Co. 
um but they got you know snatched up by i think disney hyperion books released the uh the american editions you know sort of the rumor is that she waited 10 years until uh, roughly give or take until the rights became available again so i'm really looking forward to seeing i mean that right there just shows incredible passion for this project and is really uplifting for someone who's really invested you know for fans who are really invested in this project so um i'm think that's the interview i'm most excited to see and all be in yeah i think i think i'm the most excited for that one also i just want to know like what what spoke to her about the books especially when it was only the first one yeah exactly Exactly. And I think it was actually even, and I might be completely off base with this, but I think it's actually even before the books were officially published, like it, it was, was when the manuscript, right? yeah, when the manuscript yeah. was being sent around was when she was trying to um, latch onto it. Um, so having someone who was there from the very beginning, who's shown just the most, because the most, the best thing about the show is the passion it has for the subject material, I would say, and just the incredible passion and care with which it was put together. Um, so I'm, uh, as like you said, Caitlin, I am very interested in seeing um, what it was that spoke to her from that first moment. Awesome. Yeah, those were like hot times for the YA dystopia back then too, for like being adapted into movies and shows. It's like di- Divergent series and uh, the Labyrinth or whatever that other one is that they're in a maze or whatever. The, oh, the Maze um, Runner. The Maze Runner, yeah, and and all that kind of stuff. But I think what what's great about Lockwood and Co. or maybe what's depressing is that it's like those are so alien dystopian and like Lockwood feels like it could happen in the right. If there was just ghosts, you know that that's how it would be. Yeah, there's an element of like tragedy and realism to it, which I think struck a chord with a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of resonated with the story. But I think what really resonated with me personally was just how it handles grief and the themes of like found family. So I think there's a lot of people in the planning committee or who are very dedicated to saving the show who have experienced like grief in different forms. And it's interesting that these are the kind of people who have latched onto it kind of almost like an emotional bond because it portrays it in such an accurate way. Just kind of the, it's not something that is obvious or on the face of, and you see this in, you know, the Lockwood character in the, the Lucy character, and then they kind of just kind of find each other like two lost people, and uh, they have so much crap to deal with, but you kind of really root for them, even though they're just these like normal kids who are way in over their head. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was very intelligently put. So-, <laughs> <laughs> so what are you hoping that, you know, the, like you just want it to happen. I understand that, Janice. But like, what are you hoping <laughs> that the fans, when they when they get to experience all this, what are you hoping that they get out of it? I think the same thing I got out of it when I kind of met them in person is just that sense of maybe like almost childlike wonder. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm a grown woman <laughs> in in my 30s, but I felt like a really giddy teenager, and I was so excited to meet them and kind of thank them for the work that they did. And like, if I could just kind of share that feeling with other people, I think that would be great. Um, and I think that would be really great for morale as well in the Lock Nation, because I think people have been feeling really down after the show cancellation, because despite it being such an amazing adaptation, you know, there's factors outside of the quality that were at play that we're not necessarily privy to, yeah. of course. But um, 
I think that this would be a nice way of just kind of bringing people together and appreciating it together. And also it's our way of like thanking the, the like uh, author and the, the production team for everything they've done as well. So, you know, instead of everyone feeling kind of sad over cancellation, maybe we can find a silver lining in all of it. Mm. And I Absolutely. Didn't, I didn't sorry, mean to make that like exclusive to Janice though. I'm sorry. I'm just like. No, no. Silly. Janice J, as I call her, is yeah. an integral and vital part of the this whole process. So I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, I love listening to Jay talk as well. So Aww. never, never any objections here. But um, yeah, our, our biggest job as you know admins of the saving uh, server has been throughout all of this to keep morale up because that's really all we can do as the fans you know we're not in the room you know we're not doing the negotiating we're not taking the calls or anything what we're doing our our main job is to show our enthusiasm our excitement um so our main job as you know kind of the server admins has been to help people maintain that momentum and uh clustercon we think is going to be a huge part of that like that's why when we came jay came to us with it we were like we don't know if it's even possible but this would be an absolutely wonderful opportunity for the whole community um to just really not only you know give us all a lift but give us an opportunity to all really enjoy the thing we love together it was a big surprise uh i'm not in the discord or anything uh so i'm just on twitter and following things from there and when it dropped on twitter i was like what in the how in the like it was just like it was mind blowing so it's pretty cool to for fans who are like i don't know in the more casual orbit to see this kind of thing and then i was like well this probably isn't going to include people like me because i'm going to have to like register or something and then reading the FAQ thread i was like oh this is amazing like it's it definitely includes people like me and makes it like extremely accessible so it was just very exciting and cool. That actually means a lot to hear because that that was our like mission statement from the very beginning is just make it as accessible as possible to everyone who wanted to go or at least like participate in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Um and yeah, we did we are total amateurs in the area of event planning. Um so yeah. that is nice to hear. Um or, or in, you know, Comic-Con type planning or anything like we did um, it was very small, but we did, you know, release a few teasers because according to Jay, at least Jay understands marketing, like that's a traditional strategy of, of teasing things. And so that was something that sort of like super fans picked up on, but I'm really glad that it's made its way out to everyone because, you know, every single member of this community is valued, whether, you know, it's something that you spend all day doing or it's something you just, you know, sort of casually enjoy. So I really appreciate that it's managed to to reach a wider audience as well. Awesome. And do you have any plans to make this like a recurring thing? We would love to have it be like an annual event. That would be amazing, but it really depends on the kind of attendance we get, the interest we get as well. Um, but we're hoping that if it's a success, maybe next year we'll, you know, get other guests that we're not able to participate this year. That would be amazing. So you never know. Uh, that would be great. Let's see how things go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's our sincerest hope that we can keep doing it, but obviously there's a lot of factors involved. So, 
you know, if that does turn out to be a reality, we'll we'll do whatever we can to make it make it happen. Where should people go to sign up for being in the Q&A and asking questions and that sort of thing? How does that all work? So first we have the sign up form, um, which uh, everyone should fill out um, <laughs> because it, that'll just ask you for the email you want for the webinar link to be sent to. Um, it's on the main Twitter page for Classicon 2023. It's on all of our other associated media. Um, so it's on our Instagram, it's on our Tumblr and all of that. So you just click that link. It's a Google form. You can just fill that out. I think we are doing a raffle. Um, Complete Fiction has done us the absolute honor of providing us with some um, loose set pieces they aren't using anymore. And some of them are really, really cool. So we're going to use those and we're going to raffle those off. Um, right now, it looks like we will be using the sign-up form, you know, people signing up from the sign-up form. We're going to use a random number generator to do the raffle. That's And basically, we're doing it that way just because that's the people we have contact information for. We just have someone's email there. Um, so we could use that to contact them about the raffle. Um, so people on the live... Sorry, sorry. just one moment. Um, so even, like, as somebody... I'm just planning to watch the live stream, but... I should still register to be included in yes. this raffle. Yes. Great. Um, and we'll get, we'll get out more details on that too, but that right now it looks like that's going to be the best way for us to raffle items off. Um, so we are going to encourage everyone, even if you're planning on just watching on the live stream to do that. Um, and we'll give the you more The raffle, details. by the way, is going to be amazing. So I definitely highly mm -hmm. encourage anyone to sign up for it. I have a question for me personally, because there is one particular prop that I desperately want. Is there... Mm -hmm the like you should get a cat propaganda poster no pay money for that anyways carry on hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah people can complete that and if you don't if you end up getting a webinar link i think and don't want to attend you can let us know that and we'll you know pass it on to the next person um but so that'll be really cool and then um so even if you're watching planning on watching the live stream that that is an option to go and sign up uh, just because we're going to be doing the raffle from that page. Uh, and then for the Q&A, um, we really, as we said, we wanted to make this as accessible as possible for everyone. Um, so the Q&A is an opportunity for if you want to speak directly to the guests. So you can go and you can submit a question through the Q&A form. It's a bit more extensive than the sign-up form. Um, and then you can select whether or not you know, if it's just a question you want answered, then we can we can ask it for you if you're not interested in appearing on video and audio. Um, but if you are, if you want to speak to them directly, that would be your way of signing up to do that. We will obviously go through the questions and select, um, you know, which ones are going to be best, most appropriate, most interesting for the interview. But um, that would be, you know, if that's an opportunity that appeals to you, then absolutely go and, and you know, if you have any questions, sign up in the Q&A form. Oh, but really quickly too, before you do the Q&A form, make sure you complete the sign-up form because that's how we're going to be getting links out. Awesome. So that was really all the questions we had. But is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, let people know about what was happening? Um, I'd love to get a few, give a few shout-outs if I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Just for the Clusticon planning committee because obviously I think, I think it's clear just from, you know, the promotional material we've put out so far, but a lot, a lot of work has gone into this from a lot of people. Um, so for instance, you know, Jay is our, our cluster queen, as we called her, because she had <laughs> the original idea, um, and, you know, actually, you know, had the, you know, audacity. what I always say, exactly, the audacity. <laughs> right, to actually try to make it happen. 
exactly like the fortune favors the bold and all that and you know jay embodies that every day of her life and we love that about her um but there's also you know the whole linchpin of the thing is i would say her name is ocean spray on mm. um on discord her name is ocean spray um and on twitter it's uh Ifa. um but she has been there since the beginning of the save efforts but she's also just a complete go-getter and really is the one who keeps us all on track, checks in on all the various parts and pieces, you know, follows up on the website. She follows up with me about, you know, the Q&A and attendance issues and all that. So I do want to give a shout out to her. Katie as well, Katie Knox on Twitter. And I think she's also Katie Knox on Discord, I think. But as well, she, yeah. Yeah, she is also just one of those people who just, what needs to be done, I'll do it. And she has put so much into this as well um let's see who else uh hannah uh hello girl Han. Oh, our, our, our head of tech as we call her because she's the one doing all the webinar logistics yeah hello girl Han um is doing all the webinar logistics all the tech she's teaching us who are just completely technologically impaired how to do all of this and she uh so she's put hours into making sure that all the technical aspects of this run smoothly um and then we we mentioned Corveraz, um who did all the uh, portraits and then Caddy uh, Mist is our graphic yes. designer and you've probably seen our logo and like um a few of our other graphics that as well as this game is so Nintendo or Laura as we call her like they have done an amazing job putting together like the, the visuals for the convention so we have those three main like artist uh graphic designy people that we owe everything to because we are absolutely in love with the visuals. I think we had someone ask if we could make a tote bag <laughs> with the <laughs> logo. And I'm trying to convince Cadimus to actually do it for us because I think that would be just visually stunning. I want that tote bag, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I I would buy it. I would put I so would buy that, yeah. That. Um but we also have the uh, the rest of the admin team, I think, who have been really integral to it. Like, well, we, we spoke about Lavender Ghost, who's our o fandom OG, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she's been so supportive throughout everything, and she's been tweeting all the hashtags, and she's just getting the word out there, and it's it's been really, really great. Mm -hmm. uh, she's kind of like I the one-person make... fandom welcome committee. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and she's such a sweetheart as well, if you, if you meet her. Um, then we have Science Fantasy or Sifa, who's also been there from day one. I think I told her the idea first, and she was the one who was like, do it. And I was like, really? She's like, do it. So, yeah, I think we owe her the, the action of this. But there's so many people in the committee. How many do we have, Zoe? Like 20, 21 people? Something thereabouts, yeah. We have like Viv, Gabby, there's Anya, there's Cassia. Um, yes, Anya, absolutely. Anya operates the ClusterCon Twitter account, which is no small job. So definitely want to give out to sh a shout out to her as well. Yeah, I, I have a question. Sorry. Um, who, because when you were releasing the guests, the guest announcements, I feel like there was puzzles that people could uh, figure out. Who, uh, yeah. who came up with the puzzles? Um, so it was a group think in a lot of ways. We have all a very silly sense of humor. I don't know if yeah. you can tell. <laughs> it's very consistent with the tone of the Lockwood and Co books, I think. Um, so we were like, well, what if, I think someone suggested, it might've been Ocean, I don't remember who, but what if we just did puzzles? Um, so we all sort of um, think tank puzzles together, but the person who really brought it to the finish line was this game is Nintendo, okay. or this game is on Nintendo. 
I've never actually looked closely, but she's also Lockwoody on um, Twitter and Instagram as well. And she's she been doing amazing edits. Yeah, she does yeah. amazing edits, and she's done all of our graphics from the very beginning. Um, you know, in terms of you know our weekly hashtag schedule, she does all of those as well for the safe uh, save Lockwood campaign. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. We do for every step of of this of the campaign and for. Um, this this clustercon event we've been it's been a group effort in a lot of ways like we all get onto discord and have long sometimes week-long conversations about the best way to go about things but i also feel like it, we wouldn't have all come together to organize as well as we did without kat who actually made the server and kind of brought it all together mm-hmm. so i think she's like the primary kind of like organizer and bringing people together and kind of uh making it like a real collaborative effort. So it's not like there's a hierarchy between admins or members, everyone pitches in. So it's kind of like an all hands on deck, collaborative community, which I think is really beautiful to see, you know, everyone just having, having the same dream and kind of working towards it together is just really, really nice. It kind of, it, it might just be for like a fandom thing, but you know, it's one of those things that kind of just warms your heart a bit to see. Yeah, and I do want to say with ClusterCon, because it is a separate effort from the save efforts, like we do, we do want to make that clear, but we do think it'll look really good for our community if we can organize in this way. So whoever, you know, has even a fleeting interest of being part of, a part of it, please consider um, joining us. Yeah, so you can find their Twitter at ClusterCon 2023. So we have someone called Spawn of Satan. I know that that is their actual screen name. <laughs> There's so many running jokes on Twitter about <laughs> about their name. But um, they're putting together an amazing website, which is just almost finished. We're just tweaking out last minute details, but there will be a website. Uh, I think by the time this releases, it should already be up, actually. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll have a link somewhere. Do you know where that will be? It'll definitely, we will link it through all the accounts for sure. Okay. Um, definitely through the ClusterCon account. And that will have all of the information in one place. So all of the information is really being provided on, on Twitter at the moment, but um, it will, that will really put it all in one place for everyone to look at okay and i'll put uh links to like all of these people and and the websites and all that stuff in the show notes for the show so like if you're if you want to follow this stuff or follow these people you can always just check our show notes which are always extensive and uh and be able to click right through that's amazing thank you Really appreciate that. So if people wanted to follow you two on in the internet, oh. where could they find you? Which, and by the way, everyone should follow Janice because she does amazing Lockwood & Co. fan art. That's exactly what I was about to say. I was going to say, I'm going to jump in here before Jay can, yeah. you know, be humble about this. <laughs> absolutely wonderful art, um, fan art, especially for Lockwood & Co. that will just, you're, it, it's a feast for the eyes in every way. One of Janice's arts was... I think it was technically the first one I ever saw, and it has really stuck in my brain. I loved it so much. Exactly. They, they stick with you. They're haunting that way. It's very, it's very uh, tone appropriate that way. So I guess just a quick uh, self-plug. It's uh, J Illustrates, which I think a lot of people pronounce Jillustrates. I did. Absolutely. Thought your name was Jill. It was great. Happens all the time. I, I get called Jill on like Twitter all the time. It's, you know, maybe I should just change my name to Jill. <laughs> it's not a bad <laughs> name. No, it's cute. Yeah. Like Jack and Jill. Yeah. So Jill Illustrates? J Illustrates, yes. Yeah. All together. All together. And that's on, so that would be on Instagram, that would be on Tumblr, and then on Twitter, because J Illustrates was taken, I went with, uh, I had like a throwaway account that I ended up using for Lockwood, 
So it's just Faye Blah Blah, which <laughs> is so random because it was just a throwaway. And now, like, Georgina Stroud follows me, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess this is my name now. Yeah, my, the only account I really, well, I run the Lockwood & Co. Instagram account, but the, my account that I do for my fan purposes is, um, it's at contained C70049. I also did not do a great job of really thinking about the permanency of that online presence. <laughs> um, that is what it is. If anyone wants to follow me, um, I am in the know about a lot of the stuff that's going on. If anyone ever has questions too. So thank you both for joining us today. Thank uh, you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you. It's been great to talk to new people or different people in the fandom. We talk to each other yeah. a lot. And you can follow our show on Twitter at Lockwood Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Inferior Caitlin. And you can send any of your thoughts that you have about the show to contact at hollowgroundmedia.com or visit our contact page at hollowgroundmedia.com slash contact. And remember to check out ClusterCon. I hope I didn't ramble too much. I'm a rambler. No, it makes for great podcasting. <laughs> that's that's what all podcasts are, right? Just people rambling.